This podcast is intended for adult audiences. Over the age of 18, it contains adult language and situations. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to us, and not of any employer, organization, committee, or other group or individuals. This podcast is not intended to be taken as professional advice. Welcome to the Swing Nation Podcast, a podcast by swingers for swingers, where we look to educate others and push back on the negative stigmas and misconceptions associated with our lifestyle. Come with us and share our pineapple journey as we travel the globe, interview the experts, learn and grow together. Join the nation. So Lacey, people are asking, how do they get to go to a party or an event with us? They check out swingersociety.net. You create a profile, you sign up for an event, and you come hang out with us. It's super easy. That's right. If you want to party with us and the other faces and names that you know from social media and TikTok, head on over to swingersociety.net. Can't wait to see you there. Sexual health care can be so much more than STI testing. WISP offers services like emergency contraception, helping delaying your period, UTI treatments, and so much more. They even have a product called the OMG Cream that helps provide more fulfilling orgasms for women. WISP provides same-day prescriptions and can give you discreet treatment in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Check out the link in our show notes or go to hellowisp.com and use code SWING for 15% off. Most people have unprotected oral sex, right? Be honest. Now think about your last STD test. Did your doctor tickle your throat with something that looked like a giant Q-tip? Probably not. Yet that's the only way to check for oral gonorrhea or chlamydia, which are often asymptomatic. You need a better doctor. You need shamelesscare.com. Use coupon code TSN at checkout. Hey there, pineapple people, and welcome to the Swing Nation podcast. We are your hosts, Northern Guy. And Southern Girl. And in today's episode, we got um, Dr. Store back. It's been a while We've we've uh, since we connected with her. Um, our busy schedules have kind of kept us apart here the last month or month and a half. I can't remember when our last episode with, with, with you was. Um, but today, we got Dr. Store on to talk all things um, about the vagina how to properly care for your vagina in a high sexual activity environment. Environment. Maybe. I love your description something. there. Yeah, that's was that good? That's, I mean, yeah, it was it, for a man. It was pretty good. Yeah, but, but more specifically, so uh, Doctor Store called or texted us the other night. It was like, hey, what do you guys want to talk about uh, on our next podcast recording? And we had literally just gotten off the Bliss Cruise, and it was kind of a a subject on the Bliss Cruise um, since that was seven days at sea. In pools and oceans mm-hmm. and playrooms, mm-hmm. and uh, there were several women that were trying to uh, <laughs> take care of their vaginas so that it could last the entire the entire trip. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. If, if you're if you're to say but that, it's, but it's, it's a real true. thing. It yeah. is very true. Yes, it is very true. But it sounds terrible. Well, yeah, and this is something. <laughs> I mean, this is something we've experienced at, at Hedo. It's yeah. something that happens at like Naughty in New Orleans. Uh, whenever you're in one of these environments where you're having sex with multiple partners and there's, you know, chlorine and salt water and all these other things involved, um, 
It, it can be a thing. It can be. Not yeah. so much for me, but for you, it's definitely a thing. It is. Well, it affects you. Yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> it very much affects me. Because if Lacey's vagina gets broken, then Dan just stops having fun as well. It's a team well, sport. True, but not always true. Not always right? true. <laughs> Sometimes you watch her. Yeah. But no, that very much is. Yeah. I mean, like even before we went on the Bliss Cruise, there was a part of me that was like, should I prepare? Should I like bring stuff just in case? So it's definitely something. I mean, but like it happens at like two to three day events as well. It doesn't have to be a seven day event. So I was actually when you told me that this was the topic, I was actually really excited because a lot of your girls have these questions. And even if you have like a cool doctor, it's still kind of embarrassing to be like, I have a lot of sex every so often and this is what happened. You know, it's just not like a super comfortable conversation. I think we've actually had the conversation with some of our friends when they're like, they go to their doctor to talk, you know, because they got a UTI or something and they have to like talk around it. Like, I yeah. don't know how it happened. I or- mean, we should be able to just be honest, but it's it's an uncomfortable situation. It's not fun to talk about. So I'm glad that we have Dr. Stowers that we can have these conversations and not be embarrassed. Okay. So if we're going to talk about this, I think the first... <coughs> Sorry, can I call more mm. <coughs> <clears throat> Okay, go ahead. Sorry. If we're going to talk about this, I think the first subject, so to speak, to talk about is UTIs. Because again, not a not a vagina owner, but it, that seems to be the most common issue that, that females run into in these situations. Is that you think that's correct, Lacey? Yeah. So I guess w- w- me as not a vagina owner what what is a uti doctor store can you kind of explain some of the basics of utis to us sure yeah so uti stands for urinary tract infection and technically that's any infection in the urinary tract anywhere which includes the urethra which is the tube that goes from the bladder to the outside the bladder itself which is what most people think of the tubes that run from the kidneys to the bladder which are the ureters or the kidneys themselves now typically urinary tract infections we Kind of even in the medical world, we tend to limit that to the bladder itself. Um, the bladder is a very, very lovely place to grow bacteria. I know it sounds weird, but urine is a fantastic media for bacteria. And so when bacteria gets up inside the bladder, it flourishes. It loves it in there. Urine by itself typically is sterile. It doesn't have any, um, well, mostly sterile. It doesn't have any bad bacteria in it. There can be some amount of flora inside the bladder that's considered normal, but most of the time, if you um, if you actually check the bladder urine itself, it's usually pretty clear of bacteria. And so, anytime we get an infection up inside the bladder, that would be considered a UTI. Yeah. Okay. So, in <laughs> this is kind of a funny story, but when me and Lacey first started dating, we had lots lots of sex. Um, well, we we weren't together very often, so we would like get together and we would like basically have sex for an entire weekend. Yeah. And at (laughs) at one point in time, she got a a UTI and I think for whatever reason, I think because we were at my cabin in the woods and she didn't want to go to the doctor right away. Um, And it ended up turning into a kidney infection, right? It did. And is that, is that. It ended up in the hospital. And then she ended up in the hospital. So is that, is that some of, I guess my question is, what are some of the risks of UTIs um, to people? Yeah, that's the thing. If you do get a UTI, a lot of times your body can clear it on its own, but it can get up into the kidneys if it refluxes back up through the ureters. When it gets into the kidneys, um, would that technically still be a UTI? Well, yeah, sort of, but we call it something different. That's pyelonephritis. 
uh, which is just an infection in the kidneys, which usually comes from a bad UTI that's kind of crawled back up into the ureters. Um, pyelonephritis hurts like a mother. I'm sure you remember that, Lacey. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really bad. Severe low back pain, fevers, um, and an untreated pylo could actually potentially lead to sepsis, which can be fatal. So you don't want to mess around with that. If you've had UTI symptoms and now you're having back pain, you need to go in. Mm-hmm. Now, when that happened, I from now on, I if if I even have like the slightest symptom, I go immediately because it kind of scared me to be honest with you because it was so painful and I was so sick. So I don't mess around with it anymore. I was a very good boyfriend though. I came and visited her in the hospital. I you want to tell her what we did? In I the brought hospital? her a teddy bear. I, I brought her flowers. <laughs> did you have sex? And we in the may hospital? or may not. We yes. may or may not have had sex. <laughs> we had sex in the hospital. in the hospital bed. <laughs> While she was getting treated from a kidney infection. Listen, it was like that was caused by sex. sex. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like the first month or two of our relationship. So, I mean, like now, no way <laughs> that in hell. Was the starting, that was the platform for which this this relationship <laughs> blossomed. That is true. Yeah, that is true. We did have sex. She still home. has a teddy bear, though. I do. I saved it all these years. Okay, you're getting us off drag. That's <laughs> okay. That's okay. hilarious. And as a physician, I might have walked in on some patients having sex before. So. <laughs> well, we, we still didn't live together. Even I mean, we were still apart, and we had been apart for that week. And then I think he had came to my town for work. So we just happened to be in town, and he came to see me. So, of course, we had to take it. <laughs> we're terrible. She was already being treated. I mean, she was feeling much better at that point. <laughs> I had the antibiotics <laughs> going in my arm. I was she's, good. <laughs> she still was. She hasn't been. Going to work around those IVs, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We got to get back on track. I'm embarrassed now. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. So I guess my my next question is what what is the cause then? We, we get that it's happening when we have lots of sex. What what is the thing exactly that? What are we doing that's well, causing? Sometimes it just happens when we're not having a lot of sex. Right. I feel like it does happen a lot more when we're in these like high sex environments. But truth is, it can happen just normal as well. Yeah, most women get UTIs once or twice a year, just baseline. Not everybody does that, but it's kind of, it's pretty common. Um, Urinary tract infections is really anytime bacteria from the outside gets up inside the bladder. Usually that bacteria is coming from a rectal source. Um, Your bladder empties out into the vulvar area and your rectum is really close by. So poor wiping technique or sometimes just like sweating too much, that bacteria kind of wanders around in the sweat and gets up to the urethra. Bacteria loves to get up inside the urethra. It's, again, urine's a great medium. And so if it can get close enough to the urethra to crawl up in there, it will. <clears throat> the reason it happens more common around sex is because of the thrusting. So the bacteria that's on the outside of the skin and on or around the penis gets pushed up into the urethra by the thrusting motion of the penis. So you're more likely to shove bacteria up into that little hole there. The hole for the urethra is actually below the clitoris. So it's in between the vagina and the clitoris. And so everything from oral stimulation to fingers to penis and vagina will push bacteria up into the urethra. The other thing about um, the urethra is during intercourse, a lot of times the urethra relaxes a little bit, which is how like squirting happens and such. And if the urethra relaxes a little bit, then the bacteria doesn't have to even go around the curve it would normally need to take to get up into the bladder. So, yeah, the, just the motion of having sex and the rubbing and the pushing skin against skin 
causes more bacteria to get into the urethra. So I I feel like the more I squirt, the like it seems like if I'm squirting a lot, that also could be because I'm having a lot of sex. I feel like I get UTIs more often when that happens. Like because I don't typically squirt when Dan and I are just having like normal sex at home. Wednesday sex. Yeah. But I also but I so and I'm not getting UTIs. But then when I'm in these situations where I'm squirting a lot and having a lot of sex, I feel like I'm getting them. And I've always thought like it has to do with squirting. Because I feel like a lot of times guys will like make you squirt and then they're like fucking you at the same time. So they're like pushing all of that stuff inside of you and I, I don't know that's my non-medical way of explaining it but I've always felt like that has something some kind of correlation I could I think I've actually asked you that off air before and you told me I think you said that you didn't think it was or you didn't know of any like anything like associated but it makes sense to me if they're thrusting like something's got to be working in there <laughs> yeah we haven't got any data on it to be honest as to whether or not press, mm-hmm. that squirting would increase the risk. Theoretically, it actually might reduce risk because when you're squirting, you're forcibly pushing urine out of the bladder, which theoretically would push out the bacteria as well. However, once you stop squirting, there's a lot of extra fluid hanging around on the outside and he's still thrusting. Would that push bacteria up in? Yeah, maybe. Um, And again, the urethra being relaxed enough to squirt would potentially cause the bacteria to have an easier pathway up into the bladder. So I don't know that we've got any specific data on that. I don't know that there's definitely a correlation, but it's possible. And again, as you pointed out, the more sex you have, the more likely you are to push bacteria up in there. And if you tend to squirt when you're at high sex activities, it could just be the volume of of intercourse that you're having. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty common to encourage women to pee after sex, right? To prevent Mm -hmm. that, to to help cleanse that. Yeah, that's that's actually still a recommendation. The reason that we like peeing after sex is actually a couple of things. Um, so squirt and urine aren't the same thing. I think we've had that discussion on this uh, mm-hmm. podcast. We had a whole before. podcast episode about the, <laughs> yeah, the pee hybrid. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. The Go thing back and listen. It's a good episode. It, yeah, it is. It's great. Go back and listen, people. Um, the, the reason that squirt and urine makes a difference, squirt itself doesn't have as much acid in it. It's mostly just dilute water. And so the bacteria is going to like that better than an acidic environment. Um, the actual urine itself, like I said, loves to, bacteria loves to grow up in there, but the more concentrated the urine, the less likely the bladder um, or the, the urine is to, to grow something in it. Um, so if you've been eating a lot of really acidic foods or really spicy foods, you have less risk for UTI to some extent, There's a little bit of data on that. The peeing right after having sex really is just to flush the bacteria out of the urethra that would have potentially been pushed up. Yeah, it's funny. I, I can't remember. I think we just had this conversation. Maybe it was one of our group texts or something where somebody was talking about how their husband was eating chicken wings or something and then started fingering them and they instantly knew they were going to get a UTI. And sure enough, th- they did. Well, and we were also talking about when we were on the Bliss cruise, somebody put a hot dog in their vagina. Mm. We were talking oh, about it then too. And we were like, oh, <laughs> oh God. God. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> we were like, listen, and she eyes. was a mature lady. She knew better. <laughs> I think she didn't care. I think she just wanted to win whatever prize there was. But as soon as she put that hot dog inside of her, I was like, oh, man. I mean, good luck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the, for, for the record, the game was to see how many hot dogs you could fit in your mouth. But this one lady put one inside of her vagina for whatever reason and yeah i can all the all the girls around us were like she's gonna get a uti it's that's over (laughs) (laughs) gonna get an infection of some nature something yeah yeah yeah, for sure i mean there's 
honestly, th- there's not that much bacteria that can grow in a hot dog. It's got too many preservatives in it. <laughs> yeah, true. But <laughs> I just don't point. want anything greasy or I don't know. I just, I don't know where that hot dog had been. <laughs> Let's just be honest with you. I just didn't know. So I guess my next question is, I feel like women also like, like I know it's secrets, their hot tubs are got so many people in them. And so a lot of the girls will try not to put their whole body in the hot tub so that way their vagina is not submerged in the water to try to help prevent UTIs. Is that smart? Is that, could they, can you get a UTI from being in a hot tub or a pool? How does that work? Uh, peeing in the hot tub probably isn't a great idea. It's not going to hurt anything, but, um, being submerged in a hot tub. Yeah. Hot tubs are a Mecca for bacteria. Um, That warm water is equally a great medium for bacteria to grow in. Um, it's one of the reasons that uh, although Reagan really wants a hot tub really bad, it kind of grosses me out. Um, because hot water bacteria loves that stuff. So hot tubs with a lot of people in them tend to have even more bacteria, not just skin flora, but rectal flora. Cause you know, people wipe, but pass gas in there and whatever, there you go. Floral from the rectum into the pool. Um, well, so, she's yeah, never getting in a public hot tub I was about to again. say, do you get in public <laughs> hot tub? That was my next question. I was like, do you Rarely. get in public hot tubs? Rarely. No. I, yeah. Private hot tubs of people that I know really well. Yes. But yeah, I get, honestly, hot tubs kind of gross me out a little bit. Um, it, they just bacteria central. And so, yeah, keeping your vagina out of a hot tub is probably not a bad idea. Um, yeah, dipping your feet in there, probably okay. But yeah, it's, it's going to increase. Is the pool probably a little bit safer? Is the pool a little yeah, bit pools, safer because it's not hot? Maybe a little bit more chlorine? Yeah. Pools are like a that. lot safer, especially the salinated pools because, um, bacteria doesn't like the salt. And so there's less bacteria growing in salinated pools. If you've got a salinated hot tub, that's probably safer. But a lot of people's hot tubs are just like straight up water. They don't put anything in there other than water. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know what symptoms are, but can you tell us some symptoms of a UTI? So people kind of know. Yeah, before oh, so salt water, I, I assume the ocean is similar then. I've heard oh, the yeah, ocean salt is, water is a, actually a, me- a mecca for bacteria. Oh, mm-hmm. salt water is no. good. Yep. The salination, the salt water of the ocean actually reduces your likelihood of getting infections. Um, in fact, if you ever get a bad cut when you're traveling on vacation and you're near salt water, go hang out in salt water. Interesting. Salt kills bacteria. I've always heard that. Yeah. I've always heard that. Like if you have a cut, yeah, it's good. Also, if, if you get like cold sores in your mouth and stuff, like canker sores in your mouth, put salt on your canker sores and it'll go away because it kills the bacteria from the canker sores. My mom used to make me gargle salt water. Like put salt in actual water and make mm-hmm. you gargle it when I've you done get canker sores and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Yeah. Before. yeah, that works for sore throats too. Yeah, gargling salt water, the stronger the salt. So if you're going to have sex in a body of water, the ocean is probably your best choice. Really? So if because it's pool, hot tub, or ocean, have sex in the ocean. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. So would the salt would the salt not irritate the vagina going in and out with the water? <laughs> I, I mean, you would probably want to make sure that you got most of the salt water out afterwards, but okay. I mean, I, a little, yeah, a little bit of salt up inside the vagina is probably not going to hurt anything. <laughs> it may offset your flora for a little bit. All right. Are we ready for the, the symptoms of a UTI now? Yes. Okay. So little known fact, a lot of UTIs are actually asymptomatic. People don't have any symptoms at all and wouldn't have known they had a UTI unless we checked for it. Um, the only reason we know that is people like showing up for stuff at the hospital and we dip their urine on the front end just to make sure they don't have a urinary tract infection. Um, most of the UTIs that I've had, like I had a UTI one time presented to the hospital for a procedure and didn't have a single symptom from it. 
I wound up having to take bacteria before I get my procedure done or take antibiotics, excuse me, before I got my, um, my procedure done. So yeah, it, it's not uncommon to have asymptomatic UTIs, but if you're going to have symptoms, most common symptom um, in females, especially is pressure in the lower bladder and then pain with urination. And it, people kind of describe it like feeling like you're peeing shards of glass. So like when you try and pee, it just, it feels really hot. It feels like something's cutting you. That's kind of the most common symptom of a UTI, but some people will just have like pressure or the sensation of needing to pee more frequently, or even sometimes leaking if it's a bad one. So if you know, like for the swingers that are listening to this, if you know you're going somewhere, like on a Bliss Cruise or going to Hedo or going to Zyre or whatever, is there anything that you can do to kind of like prevent? I know, like I've heard of my friends that are used like the boric acid um, suppositories. I've heard of other things. What Drink cranberry juice. Right, that's the one that everybody says. Yeah, but is that true? I've always heard that that's not true because it has sugar, the sugar in it. Right? Is that okay? So cranberry juice itself may not be your best option because of the sugar. However, the extract that's mm-hmm. in cranberry absolutely. Um, so yes, yeah. there's things you can do to prevent it. Boric acid probably won't prevent urinary tract infections, but it will prevent bacterial. Oh, is that more like BV? That's BV. Yeah, we can get to that later. Um, but yeah, there are things that you can take. There's different types of supplements. Um, I, there's a company that really ought to be paying me because I'm just about to throw their name all over the place. Um, Eucora. You guys have heard of Eucora? I've used it before, actually. I probably have some in my cabinet down there. Yeah. I'm, if you're a swinger and you're going on one of these events, Eucora is fantastic. It's got a bunch of stuff in it, including things like vitamin C, citric acid, um, which is the type of acid that's in like oranges and that kind of stuff. Ascorbic acid. Are you talking about like their probiotics that they have? Is that what you're talking about? They actually have, I think it's called flush maybe. Okay. I don't know. It's been a few, after I had that really bad situation with Dan, I did tend to get them because we were having a lot of sex a lot all the time. And so I kept getting UTIs and I actually came across that company and started taking it. And I took all that for a while, but it's probably been three or four years ago. So I don't remember. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking it up real quick because I can't remember what all stuff they have, but um, I, I think there's three different ones. So yeah, Flush, Defend, and Promote. Promote is the probiotics, which are actually really good, not specifically for the bladder, although it can be. Um, it's more for the vagina, but Flush and Defend are probably the two better ones. Um, and they have, like I said, they've got the cranberry um, extract, they've got potassium citrate, D-Manos. D-Manos has a lot of data on it to preventing UTIs. Um, and mal- mal- uh, magnesium and calcium. And then the one that's defend prevents uh, biofilms, which is always good. Biofilms tend to grow in the bladder. Um, you probably didn't ask what a biofilm is, so let me just go ahead and tell you. <laughs> so some bacteria I didn't know secrete, what it was. Yeah, some bacteria um, and even some viruses secrete kind of like a, a, for lack of a better word, a goo around themselves that makes it difficult for antibiotics to get to it. So they kind of like create themselves a little barrier defense wall. That's what a biofilm is. So, um, yeah, their defend has stuff that breaks down biofilms, including um, turmeric and black pepper, which is what's, uh, it's like a really potent anti-inflammatory. Um, and then what else does that have in it? It's also got D-manos and vitamin D, green leaf extract, basically a bunch of stuff that's anti-inflammatory that kind of helps break down biofilms. So yeah, Eucora, if you're going to look for one to just take to prevent UTIs, it's, it's a good one, the flush version. Can you spell that? So if anybody needs to Google that, yeah, they know how Eucora to find it. Eucora is the letter U-Q-O-R-A. 
R-A. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So, yeah. So, you like, would you say take that all the time? Would you say take that a couple of days before you before you go on a trip? Yeah, I'd, say, I'd probably say to take it a week before you're going to go on an event where you're going to be, like, cranking it out for the weekend or for even a week. <laughs> cranking it out. Cranking. I like that. Yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> we cranked it out. <laughs> would you be honest with you? When we came home, Dan was like, I'm shocked you don't have a UTI because yeah. we had a lot of sex. We were in pools. I, we never got in hot tub, but we were, we had a lot of, like it, a lot. So we were kind of shocked that, um, that I came home fine. Or maybe I'm asymptomatic now that I know. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it's probably likely to be honest with you. Okay, cool. Do you have any other questions? Is there anything else we need to know about? No, UTI? I think that was the biggest thing is how, how to prevent it. And then I guess the next is, if you do get it. And so this is kind of the issue. And, and we had we actually had a friend that had this happen on the bliss cruise is if you get it, what, are, what are the treatments and then how, how fast can they react? Do you want to stop having sex? Like what, once you kind of figure out you have one, what, or you'd what start do you start having symptoms it? at least? Yeah. 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 Once you start having symptoms, I mean, if you're in the middle of a bliss cruise and you start having symptoms, you're probably not going to want to have sex because it's going to hurt. Um, when your bladder's pissed off and you go poking at it with a penis, that's not going to feel very good. So you'll, you'll stop naturally just by symptomatic relief. Um, but yeah, it, usually the best treatment is antibiotics. Um, it's not uncommon for UTIs to kind of clear themselves. If you drink enough water, like lots and lots and lots of water, um, your body will kind of clear it on its own. But if it's, you know, symptomatic by the time it gets symptomatic and you're kind of getting miserable, usually you wind up needing an antibiotic. Um, it's not uncommon for my patients to come in telling me they're going on some type of an event and I'll just give them antibiotics to take with them on a trip just in case. Um, anything from, you know, here's something for nausea in case you get pukey. Here's something for a UTI in case you get that. Because the last thing you want when you're like in Jamaica is to get a urinary tract infection. I've been using WISP, which is an affiliate of ours, just because I do get UTIs and yeast infections probably more often than your average person. And they do have a thing where I think they can, and don't quote me, go, go and look for yourself, but I think they'll send you like a, like a treatment a month, something like that. Like, to, like I'm not preventative, but just have in the house. So as soon as you start having symptoms, you can go ahead and start taking it, which I actually really liked and probably need to do because I feel like I probably do have one every few months or something, you know, I don't probably don't need it every month, but that is a cool service that you can use if you don't want to go to a doctor or you want to be like, or you want to have something if you know you're going to be out of town. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're wanting to do that, WISP is a great site. Um, <clears throat> I will tell you on cruises, they do have a cruise doctor that's required. So if you think you've got a UTI and you're on a cruise, you can always go to the doctor there at the cruise and be like, Hey, I think I got a UTI and they, they have antibiotics on board typically. So that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. And then that is, you know, like you were saying in place, you know, Hito's in Jamaica and then you go on these cruises and a lot of times you're like in places like Haiti or Mexico. And so like your access to, to first world medicine is, is not always mm -hmm. um, that accessible. So having a plan in mind for, you know, hey, especially if you're somebody that's very susceptible to these things, having some kind of plan in mind or having yeah. um, some medicine with you. Well, yeah, I was about to say, even if you're in the U.S. and you start having, like, the last thing you want to do is have to leave your vacation to go sit at an urgent care and wait for antibiotics. So if you can 
kind of plan for it, especially if you're somebody that knows you're probably going to get one. It's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, for sure. I will tell you in a lot of other countries, uh, medications are not as regulated as they are in the U.S. So if you happen to be stuck like in Mexico, you can all just go to a pharmacy and be like, I need an antibiotic. They'll just sell it to you. That so, may or may not be what yes. our friend did. It's yes. just We stopped in Cosmel and they went and said, "Yes, what antibiotic would you use for a UTI? And they, they gave it to her. They gave it. But I, she was very nervous because obviously – um, they gave her one for a bladder, and she felt better within 24 hours. So whatever they gave her worked. So yeah, that actually, actually of, really impressed me. It's one of the bonuses, actually, for urinary tract infections is they respond really quickly. And it's partially because your bladder is what kind of collects all of the, you know, cast off of antibiotics. And so it, it just concentrates in the bladder. So, yeah, but most bladder infections will respond to just a two to three day antibiotic dosing. It's pretty good. Yeah, like she literally took the medicine, and by the next day, she felt like a new girl. I was, I was impressed. Yeah, it was it was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that is that you said. Usually, it's a couple of days. If you once you get on the antibiotic, that it'll symptoms will start to clear clear up. Yeah, usually within twelve to twenty four hours, you start feeling better. Usually, we give you three days worth of dosing because then it'll completely kill the bacteria. Good. So that, that's good to know. So that way, if you know, if you are in the middle of a HEDO or a bliss cruise or something like that, and you do have antibiotics that if you can get symptom relief within 12 to 24 hours, that, yeah. that at least you can save your trip and not, mm-hmm. not it won't ruin the, the rest of the, the time yeah. you're there. Or if you're coming home from vacation, you're not feeling like crap for days on end. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now let's take a little break. And then once we come back, we'll talk about some of the other common um things that can happen to the vagina on these high sex environments okay can you tell i don't know what i'm talking about yeah yeah okay you're doing good all right we'll be right back after the break (laughs) we here at the swing nation podcast are proud to partner with promescent listen guys we've all been there you're having a hot night with a hot chick maybe a few hot chicks but you need to kind of delay the time before you pull that trigger. That's where Promescent comes in. They have this awesome product called the Delay Spray. You literally spray it on, and it delays the time that you orgasm, so you can make sure that your partner is well taken care of. And as swingers, we're all about making sure our partners are well taken care of, and Promescent Delay Spray is the perfect product for that. Click the link in the show notes below to get yours today. Anxiety can cause ED, like the kind you get while watching your partner with someone else. You're having the time of your life, yet are having stage fright. Most men in the lifestyle use prescription ED medication for this reason. Shameless Care should be your provider. Shameless is less expensive than other companies and has a 50-state network of physicians who are lifestyle-friendly. Use coupon code TSN for $30 off. Shamelesscare.com. Hey, Swing Nation listeners, it's Dan here, and I want to know why you haven't checked out Cassidy.com yet. Cassidy is a lifestyle website where you can connect with other swingers, see lifestyle events near you, and chat with attendees, as well as post travel plans to meet up with pineapple people across the country. We want you to try Cassidy completely risk-free by using the 90-day Elite Membership Trial link in our show notes, or by going to theswingnation.info and clicking on the Cassidy banner under Favorite Apps and Products. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Appreciate you listening to our sponsors. We love our sponsors. 
I just talked about Wisp. You just talked about Wisp. Yeah, yeah this is Wisp. This is a perfect Wisp sponsor. Yeah, it's episode. a really good one. It's yeah. very good. So if one. you if you need some um, over the counter, well, not over the counter. No, it's but not over the counter. Telehealth. Telehealth medicine. Go check out Wisp. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we said. All right. So we kind of went over UTIs and we nailed all that. But there's UTIs aren't the only issue that people run into at these events and stuff. Correct. And and honestly, it seems like what what, what I've heard happens from this conversations we just had on the Bliss Cruise is you get the UTI, you start taking antibiotics for it, and then that almost that triggers yeast infections. In Some girls it does. For me, it's a guarantee. Like I won't let a doctor give me antibiotics without the yeast infection pill because it i'm gonna get a yeast infection i don't know why why is that dr stower no uh, that's a thing yes <laughs> it depends on what antibiotic they give you for the bladder infection a lot of antibiotics will offset your natural ph in your vagina and that's where you get the yeast infection from so um there's there's different things that can happen to the vagina. Yeast infections is one of them. You can get yeast infections just from too much sex, but that's less common than getting the, what we call kind of the opposite of a yeast infection, which is bacterial vaginosis or BV, if you've heard of that before. It is possible to have yeast and BV at the same time, but we don't see it super often. Um, so yeah, if you're taking an antibiotic for a UTI and then you pop up with a yeast infection, it's probably because the bacteria, the natural, normal, good flora bacteria that's in your vagina got killed off by the antibiotic and the yeast was having a heyday because there was you know more room for it to grow shall we say yeah okay so back up a step so I, again as a male that doesn't know much about vaginas i hear all this a vagina has to have the right flora and fauna and it's like <laughs> it has to be in in balance and what what is what does that mean what what is going what, t- tell me what that means okay <laughs> yes so uh, i i have a good friend who writes books about this um anyways but she, yeah your vagina is, i didn't know the vagina was a garden i didn't like i'm confused <laughs> it is, there's things growing in there um, and you have to give them the right amount of water things, the, you had to water a the ph <laughs> balance and like i don't know like do i have to get miracle grow and sprinkle it no. in there to get it back right like what it, what is going don't on here grow in your wife's vagina no um, <laughs> <laughs> okay so I'll throw something at you that may completely gross you out and could potentially gross out your entire audience. There's actually more non-living cells or more non-human living cells on and in your body than there are human cells. So humans are made Say of that human again. cells. There, there are more non-human living cells in and on your body than there are human cells in your body. All right. So you're talking bacteria and, and the like. Bacteria and the like. Yes. So we call that the microbiome of the body. We as humans are really bad at protecting ourselves and digesting our food. That's a good way to put this. So there's a lot of normal and natural bacteria, viruses, funguses, what have you, that grow on our skin, in our mouths, in our digestive tracts, and yes, in vaginas. Those bacteria are healthy for us. We need them. And they do everything from creating defensive mechanisms for us to prevent bad bacteria from entering the skin and entering in through the digestive tract to helping us digest our food. 
Now, when it's in the vagina, most of that bacteria acts as a defense mechanism because in and on the body, there is also what I like to call interlopers or bacteria that has no beneficial function for humans, but just happens to grow there. And when it's not kept in check, that stuff can overgrow and then cause pretty serious disease. For instance, in the intestinal tract, E. coli is a normal flora. It is supposed to be there. However, if it overgrows, you can get a pretty raging colitis from E. coli. E. coli is also by far the most common uh, reason for urinary tract infections. E. coli loves the bladder. So the vagina has all of its own natural flora, as you call it fauna. I love that because that's actually plants, but <laughs> flora in it. And that flora is a protective mechanism against the interlopers from overgrowing. So you are supposed to have some amount of yeast in your vagina. It's natural to have a little bit of yeast in there. It's natural to have a little bit of like Prevotella bivia, a little bit of Gardnerella vaginalis. Those are all normal flora in the vagina. However, when they overgrow, they cause symptoms. And so that's what bacterial vaginosis is, is when normal flora is overgrowing and takes over the vagina, causes irritation. It can cause cervical irritation, uh, post-sex bleeding. Most of the time it causes a funky odor with a discharge. Okay, so a, a yeast infection is BV? No. 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 So a yeast infection is any type of candida species. Candida is technically a fungus. So yeah, a yeast infection is a fungal infection. Okay, but and any of the other things overgrowing is BV? Yeah, anything else the overgrowing other is non-plant things growing. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Non-yeast things would be considered types of bacterial vaginosis, yes. Um, there are like actual full-on infections that can happen in the vagina as well. Stuff like obviously gonorrhea, chlamydia, that sort of thing. Um, and then there's some bacteria, uh, actually they're not technically bacteria. There's some, uh, we'll call them bugs because they're kind of hard to explain, but there's a couple that aren't technically bacteria or viruses that can grow inside the vagina and up inside the uterus that aren't technically STDs, but they tend to pass back and forth from partner to partner. And those ones are treated a little bit differently. So we're like a UTI is like in your bladder, that area. This is your actual vagina. So that's what makes the exactly. difference between that and a UTI. Okay. That exactly. makes sense. Yeah. I've never been quite sure. I just kind of know that it all has to do with down there. And I know if it burns when I pee, I usually have a UTI. That's kind of how I know what it is. Okay. So in, if I'm following here correctly, what happens is if you take antibiotics for for a UTI – it messes up this. It kills off this good bacteria that's supposed to that's stopping this other thing from overgrowing, and therefore that's gone. And then this is why you get other things when you take antibiotics. Exactly, the antibiotics kill off the good flora, and then the yeast has more room to grow. Okay, that it, makes sense to me. Can Does you get sense? BV from taking antibiotics then? Not or typically. No? Yeah, usually most of the antibiotics actually would kill off the viruses and bacteria that cause bacterial vaginosis. Right, gotcha. So you, you wouldn't have to worry about that. So that's why yeast is the biggest reason because it's it's not killed by the, the antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. yeast because it's a fungus doesn't respond to antibiotics. So I only really get yeast infections if I um, have had antibiotics, but you can get yeast infections just naturally, correct, without yeah. that? Yeah, you can. It's not uncommon to get yeast infections just kind of naturally. They tend to happen at particular times. Um, a lot of times when people are under a lot of stress, that increases your cortisol levels. 
And when your cortisol levels go up, you tend to release more sugar into the system because your body's kind of getting into fight or flight mechanism. And when you have more sugar floating around, yeast loves, loves sugar. So when there's more sugar floating around in your system, it does get deposited in your vagina and that can cause a yeast infection. So stress can kind of lead to yeast infections. Um, People that have diabetes tend to have more yeast infections. In fact, sometimes I've actually diagnosed diabetes a couple of times with recurrent yeast infections in a patient. I'm like, something's up here. Check for diabetes and sure enough, there's sugars through the roof. So yeah, any sugar deposits in the vagina, including, you know, putting random stuff up in there like hot dogs could potentially cause yeast. (laughs) So popsicles and things like that are also not a good idea? Let's just not put anything Let's just not put Snickers anything bars, like that. Um, no, listen, I've watched a lot of porn, okay? Oh, my God. People put things up in there. And what she's saying is Let's if you're putting like, sugar in there, that. that could be bad. Listen, put don't put anything with sugar in your vagina. Or a finger or put like a, a, toys. a sex toy. There's plenty out there. Let's not put Silicone sex toys. Let's not put food. Yeah, there you go. No Snickers bars. No, that's gross. <laughs> I'm saying I've no seen Snickers it all. Bars. okay so how do you treat let's get us back on track dan so how do you well okay so first what are the symptoms of a yeast infection all right most of the time with a yeast infection patients will describe itching or burning sensations Um, some people get one more than the other some people only ever have discharge it's actually also not uncommon to have asymptomatic yeast infections where I put the speculum up in there and I'm like, holy cow, are you itching? And I'm like, no, I feel fine. We don't technically have to treat it if it's not symptomatic because it's not dangerous. Um, it really just causes symptoms. So yeah, burning and itching are typically the most common and it, it's pretty intense burning and the kind of itch that you can't really scratch. Like you, you try and scratch it and it doesn't feel any better. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It like almost makes Anybody me who's like yeast panicky. Does. Yeah, like kind of makes me panicky because there's nothing I can do about it. Like it's just there. Like you can't fix it. There's like not a lot. You can't get immediate relief. So it's hard to explain to a man who's never had that. But but yeah, it's not fun. And then what are the sin or what? uh, What's what I'm looking for? BV. No, no. What are the the treatments? Yes. What are the treatments for yeast infection? Yeah, so if you've got a ripper on yeast infection, there's lots of the over count, over-the-counter stuff. Um, I would recommend not doing the one-a-day or one-day kind of tablets, so like the Monistat 1s. Those are pretty caustic, and a lot of patients will have like an allergic reaction to it. But any of the three-day medications for yeast do actually work most of the time. So Monistat 3 is probably one of my favorites. Um, and then if that's not cutting it and or you have access to an easy gynecologist, then a fluconazole, which is a medication you take by mouth, that'll nip a yeast infection in the bud within 24 hours. I like those pills. <laughs> yeah, they're wonderful. I, make I sure keep them on tabs at yeah. all times. I, do, <laughs> I always have them I do too. House. Like I make sure I save one of the the things so I know I have so many refills just because if I don't, I maybe get like one or two yeast infections a year, but I'm going to tell you I am. It, I don't want to have to wait any extra time if that happens. So it's very, very painful for me. Yeah, they're anyway. abjectly miserable. So I, you want to have something immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess my question is if, you know, you're prone to UTIs when having a lot of sex and then you take these antibiotics and that, that triggers a yeast infection, is there any way to take antibiotics without triggering a yeast infection? Is there something you can do 
to prevent yourself from getting a yeast infection if you go on antibiotics? Yeah, to some extent. I mean, not everybody gets a yeast infection every time they take antibiotics. Some people have certain types of antibiotics that are more likely to cause it. Um, there's a couple of different things. Taking probiotics can actually be really helpful. A lot of probiotics do deposit in the vagina. And if you keep replenishing the vaginal flora while you're taking the antibiotic, it can't help. Um, boric acid also helps quite a bit. Uh, you were talking about boric acid suppositories earlier. Boric acid suppositories did not used to be over the counter. We used to have to compound them, but like four or five years ago, they went like viral and somebody, like a bunch of companies started making them. But boric acid basically resets the vaginal pH to the natural pH, which doesn't allow for yeast or most of the bacterial vaginosis um, things to overgrow. Yeast really likes for the, um, the pH to be low and BV likes the pH to be high. And boric acid puts the pH right smack dab where it's supposed to be in the vagina. So if you use boric acid suppositories while you're taking antibiotics, you might avoid that yeast infection. So I have friends that just like girls in the lifestyle that we've had these conversations and several of them say that leading up to an event, they'll take, they'll do like one or two boric acid suppository and then do one or two after just to kind of keep things regular. Is that a good idea? Is that safe? Is that, I, I don't know a lot about, I bought some, I did get some and I used one one time, but other than that, I don't have a lot of knowledge on them. Yeah. Boric acid suppositories are fantastic. I wouldn't recommend doing them every day because it, it probably over time would probably cause a little bit of irritation, but you can use them before and after sex. You can use them like every night when you're on a bliss cruise would not be a bad use at all of boric acid suppositories. Um, I have a lot of patients that use them right before or right after their periods when they tend to get a little offset in their pH. The way I use them is anytime I start noticing symptoms, either the potentially beginnings of a UT or of a, um, Canada yeast infection or the beginnings of BV where I'm starting like, oh, this is a little more discharge than I normally have. I'll just use a suppository for one or two nights in a row and it usually nips it in the bud. So I, I don't know that I would use it constantly, but for people who do have chronic bacterial vaginosis, and I have a lot of patients with that, uh, sometimes they'll use boric acid like every other day for a month. Totally fine to do that. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So to reset your pH, you can use a boric acid suppository. Mm -hmm. This yes. is something you, you put inside of you and like sleep with or something? Yeah, you put it in like before bed. And it's like a tampon looking kind of thing? Or? No, it looks like a pill. Looks like yeah, a it pill. looks like a pill that you would take <laughs> by right. mouth, but please don't take it by mouth. It doesn't do anything though. <laughs> yeah. It very much <laughs> looks like a capsule, like 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 an antibiotic or something like that. Vaginas are a whole different world to me. Like I, <laughs> I don't know how... It's a lot. There's a lot to being a woman. I can there I can is. say. There like, is. I just have a penis, and it it doesn't it doesn't have flora and fauna, and it doesn't need to be balanced. No, it and, does. and all these things. It just doesn't get. All it needs to be balanced. My I've had the same OBGYN since I'm 14, and I'm almost 40. And I had a girl surgery one time, and I was in his office, and he was like, "Now, Lacey, do not have sex." And I'm like, "I'm not. I'm not going to have sex. You know, no worries." And he said. The vagina is a lovely thing, but bacteria loves to move in there and build condos is what he told me. And I will never forget that. It's been like 15 years ago. And I'm like, the vagina will build condos. Yep. And your, yeah. The, your the bacteria will build. lovely, warm, moist location and bacteria loves yeah. it. Yeah. That's basically what he said. That bacteria will move in and build condos. Okay. <laughs> Boric acid suppositories. Okay. So yeah. that's. Safe to do yes. before, after, or during events to keep your your pH balanced, yeah. to keep harmony within your vagina garden. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's get back to BV. What are some symptoms of that? So usually the symptoms with BV, again, it can be asymptomatic, but you can really get a, re- a very wide variety of symptoms. Most of the stuff that you'll read, like when people are like, oh, I had BV, I had funny smelling vaginal discharge. Um, the funny smelling vaginal discharge is really two of the specific ones. Um, Prevotella bivy and Gardnerella vaginalis both have a very particular odor. Gardnerella vaginalis to me smells like dirty gym socks. Um, people say it smells kind of like fish, like a fishy odor. Um, I think it smells like dirty gym socks, but that's me. Uh, Prevotella kind of has a little bit more of a sweet odor to it. It smells a little bit funky. Um, those, when you've smelled them enough times as a gynecologist, I can like walk into a room and be like, oh, just get Prevotella. But as a patient, notice you'll just notice like something just doesn't smell quite right with my discharge. Um, and you'll tend to have more discharge as well. And the discharge can be almost any color from, you know, like the normal white, but more of it to like a thin liquidy yellow to even greenish. Um, and then usually it'll kind of be like really sticky, like stick to your underwear, kind of sticky. And it just smells funky. Um, but it's, it's actually not too uncommon to get other symptoms. For instance, some BV can really irritate the cervix. And so patients will have um, kind of like mild, low-lying chronic pelvic discomfort, or they'll just notice pain just with deep penetration at sex. Sometimes they can even have bleeding after sex. And those are all potential symptoms of BV. And what is the treatment for that? Is it also antibiotics, just like a UTI? Um, honestly, boric acid is the first thing I tell patients to do. I'm like, if this is your first time having BV and this isn't like a ripper on case, use boric acid for three or four nights in a row and usually it'll fix itself. Um, but there is antibiotics for it if you've got like a really bad case of it or patients have had it several times. Boric acid didn't work. Yeah, we use antibiotics to clear that. We can give them by mouth. I usually give them vaginally because they tend to cause less side effects and less like, weird symptoms associated with them if you do them vaginally. Um, they are kind of messy. So like the vaginal suppositories for that, you wouldn't be wanting to use like on a bliss cruise because it's kind of like gel and it, it's messy, it gets in your underwear and stuff. Well, I've heard people like speaking of boric acid, I didn't want to say it because I, <laughs> I was trying, I didn't know. I don't know enough about it, but I've heard people say like, does it leak? And I've never known what they were talking about. So I didn't yeah. know, like, is that what you're kind of talking about? Just some, some suppositories make things leak. <laughs> it's yeah, so it's not so much that it leaks. The actual medicine itself is messy. So, for instance, clindamycin and metronide is all of the two vaginal creams we use. It's actually, those are like the consistency of hand cream. And so you're basically shooting like a hand cream up in your vagina. And it's got to go somewhere. A boric acid pill is fairly small. And what's inside of it is actually kind of like a powder that absorbs really quickly into the vagina. So most people don't get discharged after using boric acid, but they will with the antibiotic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Because I used it and I didn't experience that, but I heard, I just did it that one time, but I've heard other people talk about it. And I was like, I didn't know if maybe like I didn't do something right or like, did I get a different brand than this? You (laughs) did it perfectly. (laughs) The other thing (laughs) that also helps with bacterial vaginosis is to take probiotics as well. I know I talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, Using vaginal probiotics can be super helpful. There's only one brand that I know of off the top of my head that has been um, studied and does definitively populate the vagina. It's taken by mouth every day. That's Ultraflora Women's. Um, I'm pretty sure you can order it online. I know you can get it through doctor's offices. Um, but yeah, Ultraflora Women's is a great probiotic. It's got most of the... Lacey's uh, making notes. Yeah, making it there, yeah. It's got most of the good flora in it. So a lot of those flora are um, lactobacillus. 
so if you guys, if you've ever seen like a probiotic on the counter, like at a grocery store or whatever, usually you'll see it's got lactobacillus in it. And lactobacillus is also one of the happy bacteria for the vagina. So there's several different types of lactobacillus and all of those are in that ultrafloor phase. Yeah. I mean, this is a separate, but it seems like the probiotic market out there is exploding right now. Like there's all kinds of people talking about taking probiotics for all, all types of things. Well, and they have probiotics for, for different, like different things. Like I, when I, when we had that situation where I had to go to the hospital, they, I actually started on a probiotic that was made for bladders and I would have to get it at the pharmacy. And it was like, it wasn't a prescription, but it was behind the counter because it had to be kept refrigerated. And I took that for a while, but it was kind of pricey. Because it wasn't covered by insurance or anything. I mean, it wasn't super expensive, but, you know, it was, you know, $40, $50 a bottle. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Ultra Women's isn't cheap either. Um, It doesn't technically have to be refrigerated, but it needs to be kept either at room temperature or cooler. I keep mine in the refrigerator just because then I know it's going to be good. Um, But, yeah, a lot of the lactobacillus is a little bit temperature sensitive. It can't get too hot. It will kill the bacteria. Eucora, excuse me, also has a probiotic that helps the bladder, but it's got a bunch of lactobacillus in it as well. And as far as I can tell, probably I'm like looking it up really quick. It looks like it's got, it's got the three good ones, lactobacillus, acidophilus, rhamnosus, and reuteri. So that's good for the bladder. Probably not going to hurt for the vagina either. Good to know. I'm learning so much about my vagina <laughs> on this, this episode <laughs> of the podcast. But it's important for you to know, because I think sometimes guys don't realize, like, that's why you can't put your fingers in somebody's ass and then take them to their vagina and stuff like, like, you have to be mindful of what you're doing. And you got to take care of that garden. And I think sometimes guys just get like a little carried away with the situation and right. they have to remember that right. anything, if you're eating chicken wings, make sure you wash your hands before you, you, from, from <laughs> you better don't there. come near Please. me with your fingers. If you, <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I think it's important for guys to hear this stuff too, because they're, they're the people that they are having sex with are going through this and they could be causing some of this. So I think everybody should know. And so we're all on the same page. Yes, I agree. It is, <laughs> it is very good to know. I think I knew the basics. I knew not to put anything in the back door and then the front door. I knew enough for that. Yeah, yeah but sometimes you get carried away. Yeah, well, I, I was just about to say, I've actually had men do that, like put their finger in my ass or whatever, and then they start to you know, like pull it out and put it in my vagina. I'm like, no, 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 stop. Go wash that. <laughs> well, and especially like in an orgy situation where you're like over with somebody and then like a few minutes later, you're, you, you, you may not get up and wash your hands in that, and you may forget. Like, I don't think – you would do that intentional, but it can very well happen. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I've had my hand, somebody's fingers in my ass during an orgy, and I guarantee they didn't get up and go wash their hands in the middle of it. I wait, mean, wait, what? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, well, I, hope, no, I really hope people listen to this and not bad people because they're going to be like, Lacey has UTIs. Because and- people finger her ass <laughs> and then God. her vagina. Yeah, they're going to tear me apart. Listen, I'm every girl in the swinger lifestyle. I'm just the one sitting here asking well, th- this is a, That's actually a, a valid point, though, because, you know, on the Bliss Cruise, when we're in these sexual settings and, and, you're, and you're right, you don't necessarily have time to go to a bathroom and kind of wash up. So a lot of us use these like dude wipes or pH wipes or, or, or things like that. Um, Dr. Store, is, is there a, is, is there a, a good product a for question. that? Are those good products? What What's the best wipe or, or 
thing to use to kind of clean up in between partners. Some people just have bring baby wipes, which I'm sure are not the greatest. Yeah, I don't really love wipes just in general. Um, dude wipes are probably one of the less noxious ones or the baby wipes that just have water. So you can get like water only cotton baby wipes these days. That's probably the safest thing. Um, the, a lot of those wipes tend to have chemicals in them that actually offset the pH and may actually worsen your risk for, for BB. Yeah, I know that some brands are, have pH wipes. Like they're in with like the women stuff in the grocery store or Walmart or wherever you buy your sub. And mm-hmm. I, I tend to buy those because I don't know. I guess because they say pH on it, I feel you like feel like it's safer. <laughs> I feel like it's safer. I don't know, but that's that's what I tend to buy. Yeah, I know that's what we just use a lot of those on the mm-hmm. on the blisters kind of. But Promescent does sell a before and after wipe that we have a lot of those. We usually give samples out of those. So, right. I wonder how. How safe they are for your yeah. flo- for your flora. <laughs> just I'm actually just I sounds like doctor stores like yeah. yeah because I I just don't love wipes think, in general but I, I'm sure there's some decent yeah. ones out there and I just don't know that. Well, I would assume even if you go wash your hand and use a strong antibacterial soap, that could probably set throw things off as well, right? Like if you're yep. putting antibacterial you soap and Right. Yeah. The thing about the the wipes is that you're depositing it on the skin and then not rinsing it off, and that's that's part of the problem. Right. Good to so know. So only have one partner. Only well, that's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, like one partner <laughs> per play session. Yeah, I like you know. That's not going to happen. Either. Now that we're on the subject, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tend to when we're in an orgy situation. Go wash up. Between, you do. Yeah. You do. Especially if we're like in someone's room or right. if we're in a place, you actually are probably one of the best guys that I know. I'm not saying that because I'm your wife, but you will get up and go into the bathroom and actually like put water and soap on, your on dick. everything. On yeah. everything. My hands, my yeah. Dick, yeah. And not, I mean, not saying not a lot. Of, I mean, not everybody does that. Yeah. Well, so. I think, I mean, it's twofold. One, you know, so that way you're not spreading bacteria. And then two, it's like, I know. Well, I don't know, but, you know, tends to people suck my dick again. And if I just took a condom off, like that can be, you yeah. know, like that latexy kind of, or, or, you know, if you're using those skin condoms, yeah, there can be some funny tastes and stuff mm-hmm. there. So I, I'd like to be fresh so that people want to put my dick in their no, mouth I and agree. stuff like that. Yeah. I agree. That's very thoughtful of you. I, I'm, I'm here. Appreciative I'm here for yes, you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here to take care of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So wipes. You know, worst case scenario, I guess. I guess they're better than nothing. Better than nothing. Sounds like if you can go wash up and then make sure you rinse good Mm -hmm. uh, is is kind of the key from what I'm hearing from Dr. Store. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. Is there anything that we didn't discuss as far as vagina care in high sex environments? I don't think so. I think we got most of it. You guys think of anything else? I, I feel like I know more now. Like I feel more educated. You feel more educated. I do. Yeah, because I don't know. I think we should just know all the answers because we have a vagina. But no one really ever sits you down and teaches you these things. I mean, you just kind of have to figure them out. Or at least they didn't for me. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't have a doctor sit me down and explain the differences between them. I just kind of figured it out as I went. So I appreciate the. The little insight, the lesson on it. Well, it even sounds like, you know, little things like what, what we just talked about. Like, it, it seems like, hey, if you're going to jump into sex and you just got out of a hot tub or a pool, maybe going and washing your hands before you do that 
you know, could, could be like a little thing like that could yeah. prevent somebody from getting a UTI, right? Yeah. Because if you just got out of the hot tub and then you start fingering somebody like that, there's the bacteria right there, you know? Yeah. Um. So I think, yeah, us, those little, those little touches and I, I you know, you kind of just touched on it. Like women appreciate that. I think that's, it's a way to be a responsible um, human when you're interacting with multiple partners, mm-hmm. trying to take care of your partner in, in, in all ways is little, even if it's just something as little as, Hey, I'm going to try not to spread bacteria. T- so you get a UTI. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like the, the right thing to do. I agree. Yeah. We definitely appreciate all the little things that the men can do to help reduce our risk for UTIs because it's unpleasant. Yeah. All right. Well, I, Dr. Story, I, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and explain, um, all of that to us. I definitely learned um, a lot. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I guess our listeners would probably appreciate it as well. Yeah. All right. I think with that, if nobody else has got anything else, I think in a world full of apples. Be the pineapple. Be the pineapple, guys. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed our podcast and want to support us, leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. If you want to see more of our content, you can find links to Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans, and more in the show notes. Come join the conversation with us and other Swinger content creators on our Swinger Society Discord server. If you have questions or feedback, email them to us at theswingnation at gmail.com. Make sure you head on over to theswingnation.net and keep up to date on all things Swing Nation. We thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.